A stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college, which ends up making the future better for all of us. My name is Alicia, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Wednesday, April 26th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We're going to get your text in this hour. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We'll get you caught up on everything that's happening today. We've got transfer portal news to talk about. We've got last night's baseball action to talk about. We've also got coming up here in a short bit, Eden Douglas. She's going to join us. She's the marketing director for the Charleston Dirty Birds. She's going to get us caught up on everything that's happening with the Dirty Birds. So we'll hear about the Savannah Bananas last week and, of course, what's coming up for the Birds. So she joins us every Wednesday for the most part throughout the summer. And we're also going to get your text in. Let me give you that number one more time. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. So yesterday we touched on transfer portal news because quarterback Cade Cunningham for the Thundering Herd and receiver Caden Birdie announcing yesterday, and this was of course on Twitter, that those players would no longer be on the squad. They're leaving Marshall is what they said. They're entering the transfer portal. Well, Marshall Thundering Herd defensive back Jalen Beasley announcing his entry into the transfer portal also through his Twitter account. Did not participate in the 2022 season for the Thundering Herd, so he is leaving, entering into the transfer portal. The transfer portal taketh and it sometimes giveth. The news going around today, Nate Martin, former junior forward for Texas State. He signed to play for the Thundering Herd. He's a big boy, six foot eight, 215 pounds from Texas. He was a standout for Texas Tech in the 2022-23 uh, season. Uh, he was good for eight points, almost five rebounds, and he was good for almost an assist a contest. He's a big guy, and he was shooting over 51%. He was also good for at least a block a game, but... He stood out when Marshall played Texas State. He stood out in the two games against Texas State. He scored 16 points, and he had seven rebounds in the game with the Thundering Herd. That was the regular season game. That was the 81-73 win over Texas State. So Marshall gets the win, but he stood out. He had 16 points. Pretty good. And then he had 10 points in the tournament game where Texas State defeated Marshall 71-68. to Here's my opinion of him. Limited opinion, limited evaluation. He's going to bring size. He's going to bring size for Marshall. He's going to bring, I think, a lot of versatility. And he's also going to be athletic. Those are all three things I think Marshall can benefit from. And you look at his career at Texas State, he has shown improvement. That's the thing about him. You're getting a player that has consistently improved. 
He's very good against Marshall. Now flip it and put him on the Marshall squad. Let's see how good he can be. But I like, from my limited knowledge of him, I liked his ability to score inside and outside. I liked his rebounding ability. I liked his um, defense. So I think this is a win-win for the Thundering Herd. He gets to come to Marshall, which has a much better chance of going far in basketball than Texas State. I think it's a better landing spot for him. Sure, Texas State beat Marshall in the tournament, but I think this is a much better spot for him. And I think he's a player that adds a lot to the Thundering Herd. His size is going to help. There's going to be some mismatches he's going to be able to take advantage of. So I like this pickup for the Thundering Herd. And we talk about Marshall not using the transfer portal. How dare we? Absolutely, how dare we? So what this shows me is, hey, Marshall's picking up players that might add some value to the team out of the transfer portal. So if this continues, we might have some things to feel good about. And this is just a start. And again, I'm not saying that Dan D'Antoni is playing catch-up in the transfer portal, but Marshall has not, in the basketball side of things, used the transfer portal as much. And so now you're seeing Marshall use it a little bit more especially with this pickup, then you might see more of that because you're going to lose players to the transfer portal and that's going to free up players being able to come in. That's the thing. You're going to have to go out and recruit now like you always have. You're going to have to go recruit and you're going to have to be able to navigate the transfer portal and find players that make you better. Is this player better than what you have? Does this player make you better than what you were? And I think the answer here is yes. So good pickup for the Thundering Herd on the basketball side. Our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Maybe he's just excited to go to the Cayman Islands. And again, I think the trip itself is going to be more of a beneficial experience for the Thundering Herd. Not necessarily the teams directly. There are going to be some good opponents on this. And if you told me that this was Marshall's non-conference schedule, I would go, hey, that's really good. But I was expecting a little bit more pop from this tournament, but I'll take it. And again, if you don't know, the teams that were announced with this event that Marshall's going to be a part of include Wake Forest, Loyola, Marymount, Old Miss, Oakland, Drake, Utah State, Stephen F. Austin. That is definitely a good lineup. Much better than yesterday's schedule. I mean, last year's schedule. Much better than last year's schedule. This is an improvement from the non-conference schedule last season. And I think Marshall's going to benefit from facing off against these teams. All right, our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to the Charleston Dirty Birds. Eden Douglas, the marketing director, is going to join us. We'll get caught up on what's happening with the birds when we continue on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 in AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday, April 26th edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It's time for our weekly get-together with Eden Douglas. She's the marketing director for the Charleston Dirty Birds. 
of course, I uh, I have dubbed her the director of fun. She's with us now. How you doing, Eden? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. I am excited to hear about everything that happened last weekend with the Savannah Bananas and the circus that invaded Go Mart Ballpark. How crazy was it? Oh, my gosh. It? it was absolutely insane, but it was absolutely amazing to see so many people show out for the Bananas game. I mean... I've never seen that many people in our ballpark before, and the whole front office staff, it was an all-hands-on-deck environment between everyone. The fans had a good time. Hearing the fans sing Country Roads, over 5,000 of them at the ballpark was just something that we'll all never forget. How many of those fans that were in the ballpark did you translate into future Dirty Bird fans? How many did you convert? There was a lot. I will say that our guys were very into it. They loved like seeing the amount of fans there, and then that translated into them kind of getting involved in the dancing, and they even jumped in on the Thunderstruck kick line, and they did a lot of stuff throughout the game with them. They were mic'd up during the game, and on Saturday night, I was in the dugout getting some pictures, and I hear, let's go Dirty Birds, and I turn around. There's this big group of kids with Dirty Birds pennants and T-shirts holding up, and that was just amazing to see. So I definitely think that it had an impact on, on our fans and converting a few of them, a few bananas to Dirty Birds for sure. So I saw a lot of bananas merch, though. A lot of bananas merch in this crowd. A lot of people showed up for the bananas. How how they insane really how insane is the circus in person? Uh, I mean, I, I think I've got a feel for it just talking to you, but this isn't just they showed up. This was almost like an a concert event that shows up and they bring the tractor trailers and they have so much the merch tables, everything that goes into a major production here. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it started on Thursday afternoon and they brought, or Thursday morning really, and they brought a huge semi-truck and unloaded it. They set up four merchandise stands, I believe, all across the stadium, and they were like three and four booths deep, six tables deep, nothing but Bananas merchandise behind home plate where the gate was, over on the first base side of the dugout, on the third base side, behind the press box, so the great, the coolest thing is, is what the bananas have been calling it is the greatest show, and that was really kind of evident. And how we planned it too was these people are here to watch baseball, yes, but they're also here to watch a show being performed, and that's exactly what it was. So we saw that influx of rush at the concession stands and at the merchandise stands before the game for about an hour, and then after that, the line started dying down, and it was just nothing but entertainment on the field because they were there to watch watch the show like like it was a concert there was music playing constantly entertainment nonstop. but even in that first hour from that 5 30 to 6 30 before the game starts at 7 there was constant entertainment on the field there was never a dull moment okay now most marketing directors like a constant line to the concession stand here right yeah so how busy were the hawkers in the stands how busy were they they were. They were busy. I mean, we did extremely well. And, um, you know, there was it was constantly moving, I will say that. But we didn't see, like, super, super long lines throughout the show like we did, you know, when gates opened. But it definitely was busy. It was nonstop. I mean, it lined up on our outfield walls was people. And 
normally we don't see that. And if you do see it, it's only about one row of people where there were three and four rows of people lined up on the outfield wall to watch that. If that can kind of give you an idea of how packed it was in there. So you can see that like every single booth and stand that we had open was just constantly busy and constantly having people run through there. So how the Dirty Birds look, we're, we're talking baseball game, right? How the Dirty Birds look yeah. in, in, in the middle of all this madness. Well, I mean, it, it it was banana ball, so it was a little different. There were a few different rules, um, but our guys adapted kind of really well. And I will say I am super excited for the Dirty Birds season. Um, we got beat the first night, which is not very fun, but then we ended up winning, I believe it was 5-2 to two or something like that on Saturday night, and we were hitting the ball. I mean, our offense was solid. Our defense was solid all weekend. Um, our pitching staff is looking really great, and it actually helped those guys, you know, get act, an actual game in before the start of our actual season. So I, I'm really excited. The Dirty Birds are looking good. Our roster is set, and we almost have the whole team here before opening day on Friday. Aiden Douglas is with me, marketing director for the Charleston Dirty Birds, a.k.a. the director of fun for Birds Baseball. Big announcement today at the ballpark. You've got the uh, Salango Law Down and Dirty Music Festival, and that's going to be an annual event, if I understand that correctly, with a lot of music yeah, happening at the ballpark. Yeah, that's really what we're hoping for is to make it annual. Um, we've got some artists confirmed right now that we announced today, like Love and Theft and Kate Boytek, which is a local girl, and she's absolutely amazing. And then up-and-coming artist Dalton Dover, who currently has a song on the charts. So it's really cool to see, I mean, our owner, Andy Shea, I can't put into words how much he's investing in this ballpark and in the in the city of Charleston in general. Um, bringing in the bananas was huge. And now this country music festival in, in October is just going to be awesome. And this artificial turf that we have just opens up a whole new gateway to all these extra events that we can have. And I'm, I'm really thinking that people are going to be excited with the artists that we're going to be announcing in the next few weeks. I don't think people understand really you love grass for the mere fact that you're playing baseball on grass, but to make sure that you're able to do more and have events like this, you really need the artificial turf to to be able to stage events like this, not just uh, off season as well. Because you know, I love grass as a as a surface, but at the same time, it's so difficult to maintain. It is, and I mean the way that our grass was, it was it was at its time, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, it's been that grass for forever, and we had incredible grounds crew throughout the years, but we're, our, we're the capital city, and we are the field. I mean, you've got high school kids who come and play the state tournament and who feel like that they're playing at Yankee Stadium, and you're trying so hard to keep up with that grass and that field, but everyone is switching to turf, so to find the supplies in order needed to fit that field here in Charleston kind of is a little struggle. But also in this league, we are one of the only teams that did not have turf last year. I believe there's only two other teams in the league that had dirt. So that was kind of another thing that our owner pushed is in this league, everyone has turf. And this just adds to all the extra events we can have. I mean, we announced the music festival. We're hosting, we had the bananas. We've hosted all of WVU Tech's home games. We've got a ton of Marshall games. So it's just brought in so much for the city of Charleston and also for our organization. So people can experience the Dirty Birds, too, and kind of get an idea of what the Dirty Birds are all about. Eden Douglas is with us, the marketing director for the Charleston Dirty Birds. So just going back to the bananas for a minute, were you able to track the demographics as far as where people were coming from? I know there were a lot of kids in the crowd, obviously, 
it's a great way to introduce kids maybe to baseball if they haven't yet had the opportunity. But you know, was there sort of a way to track where are these people coming from as you try to maybe convert them into Birds fans? Yeah, so we didn't really have an idea of that because the Bananas handled all the ticketing, so we didn't really get to see that side. But before the games, they had their hosts who would go around and kind of ask people where they were from and what they were here for. And there were a few people that said that they were from out west. We had a couple that was from Colorado. We had a couple that was from Seattle, Washington. And whether that's them here visiting family and then just happened to be at the Bananas game, or if they actually traveled from those places to see the bananas, that's absolutely amazing to me because they got to experience Charleston. So we really did get to see in that regard the economic impact that it had on the city, which was awesome. What was the furthest person, furthest location for the person? Do you know? The furthest one that I heard and that I know of was Seattle. Someone from Seattle came to Charleston, yes. West Virginia yes, for some reason. Yes, that is what was said. For some reason, whether that they were visiting family or whether they actually just wanted to come to Charleston, West Virginia, there was someone there that said they were from Seattle, Washington. Unreal. Yeah, it was. And honestly, I'm not sure a lot of people knew what Savannah Bananas baseball was all about until TikTok. And for some, they still probably don't know because it's TikTok. Yeah, it's sort of a, a younger generation social media platform and a lot of people of older ages are using it as well but this was really a tiktok thing before it became this worldwide tour uh this big circus that they bring across the country it was and um that's where they really got their start and then they also live stream their games on youtube which is cool but even me looking back and watching the live stream and seeing how much fun the live stream is, it doesn't put any amount of money on how much fun it actually was in person. It's just completely different. And these guys are, they act crazy, they do crazy things, and they do fun things, and people just absolutely love it. And I had one of our guys look at me and say, do you think we can get this many people in the stands for Dirty Birds games? And I said, if you want to go out there and dance shirtless, then we'll see if we can get that many people here. Because that's what it takes. It's just the entertaining aspect, and that's what people want to do. And so that's what we're going to try to do this season is to get as many fans in the seats as we can through fun and entertaining things. We won't copy the bananas, but we might steal a couple of their fun ideas. Okay, so dance routines may be happening for the Dirty Birds. I won't go that far, but there might be some Hey Baby in there and uh, some other fun things incorporated. Our in-between elements will be awesome. Okay, because at the end of the day, we're still talking baseball. This is a, a league yes. where you're trying to play a game that for some, this is maybe their last opportunity to get to the show, and for others, they're trying to get back to the show. So we still need to focus on this is still – your traditional baseball being played at Gomart Bar. It is. It is. And I think I said this before, but we have eight guys with Major League Baseball experience that are on our roster this year. Um, and these are guys who maybe want to get picked back up or they just still love the game. And that's what I love about this league so much is that these guys just love the game of baseball. And then today we signed a guy who is fresh out of college at UNC Wilmington. And he is now playing professional baseball in the Atlantic League, hoping to get signed by an affiliated team. And I really hope that happens for him. And that's something that we get to experience. So, yes, we like to have fun, but we also love baseball. And that's something that the, these guys really amplify on the field.
Eden Douglas is with us, marketing director for the Charleston Dirty Birds. So we're not that far away from the home opener. Yeah. Briefly, what's the timetable look like as we get closer to the start of baseball? Yeah, so Friday is our opening day, the official Atlantic League opening day, and our guys start on the road in Staten Island, and then they head on the road all week next week, um, and then they return on Tuesday, May 9th for our home opener. Uh, we've got a lot of fun things planned. We've got a couple celebrations going on, and we're super thrilled to have fans back at the ballpark. They've already been there but they haven't been there yet for Dirty Birds Baseball, and that's what we're most looking forward to. All right, ticket pitch. Go ahead. Let people know how they get tickets. Yeah, <laughs> you can get tickets on our website at dirtybirdsbaseball.com. There's a little tickets tab, and you can purchase single-game tickets, or you can inquire about the different plan options that we have, um, or you can reach out to our office at 304-344-2287, and someone will be more than happy to help you out. Okay. My guest, Eden Douglas, marketing director for the Charleston Dirty Birds. And don't bring cash to the ballpark, by the way, right? Uh, you yes, might have to explain that. Tabless. Yeah, yeah, you'll have to explain that probably the next time uh, we're together just yeah. a little bit more for folks who um, still carry cash. I, I'm one of them, Eden. I still carry cash. Yeah. Well, you can still carry cash. We'll just give you a cash card. Okay. <laughs> Which I can use at the ballpark. Yes. Yes, for sure. Eden Douglas, marketing director for the Charleston Dirty Birds. We'll do this again next week, Eden. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, thank you so much. Everybody, that's Eden Douglas, marketing director for the Charleston Dirty Birds. We'll get your text in 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's the number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We've got a program note for you. Baseball back tonight, game two of the series between the Dodgers and the Pirates. It's 635 tonight at PNC Park. We've got it for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And then we've got the afternoon game tomorrow. Now that game is going to be a 12-10 airtime, so we should not be preempted for baseball unless it goes into some crazy rain delay, extra innings. So good news. We've got a show tomorrow, and we got baseball in the afternoon. So Pirates and the Dodgers, all of that coming up tonight and again tomorrow right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Now, what happened to the Pirates? They lost that one 8-7. to seven. I was in the car yesterday. I was picking up dinner, and I'm listening to the game. And next thing you know, it's crazy. It's crazy because the Pirates are leading 7-2. to two. McCutcheon homers to right, and all of a sudden, it's a 7-2 ball game. And I thought, oh, well, this game's done. This game is done, and that wasn't the case. Next thing you know, it's 8-7 Dodgers. I didn't see the boss today, so I wonder if that had anything to do with it. He's a big Pirates fan, by the way. So we've got the game for you coming up tonight. On the other side, what has happened with the Cincinnati Reds? Just a few days ago, they couldn't win a game. And now the Reds, 
yesterday getting the victory over the Rangers 7-6, to and then they get the win this afternoon over the Rangers 5-3. to That is insane how it's flipped all of a sudden. That wasn't just any ball team. That was the Rangers. Other baseball scores while we're at it from today. The Diamondbacks are leading the Royals 2 to nothing in the middle of the seventh. The Orioles beat the Red Sox earlier today, 6-2. to The Blue Jays beat the White Sox, 8 to nothing. Guardians get the win over the Rockies today, 4-1. Yankees double up the Twins, 12-6. And then the Brewers beat the Tigers, 6-2. Other games coming up tonight, since we're scoreboard watching. Uh, Astros and Rays at 6:40. It'll be Mariners and Phillies at 6:40s. Nationals Mets at 7:10. Braves and Marlins 7:20. Cubs and Padres at 7:40. And then four teams that probably are not in the area of fandom: the Athletics and Angels tonight, 9:35, and the Cardinals Giants 9:45. I bet you right now I can. I can make an argument for most of these teams being someone's favorite. Cubs fans, there are plenty in the area. Braves fans, plenty in the area. National fans, I know some. Phillies fans, I know some. So I can make an argument for all of those teams having some local tie with fandom. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's the number to be a part of the program here on ESPN 94.1. And AM 930 also keeping an eye on the NBA playoffs. Last night, the Hawks beat the Celtics 119 to 117. Boston leads the series still 3 to 2. Nuggets beat the Timberwolves 112 to 109. And Denver wins the series 4 to 1. Phoenix wins the series over the Clippers 136 to 130. Coming up tonight on the court, it'll be the Knicks. And the Cavaliers, 7 o'clock. The Knicks lead that series 3-1. to one. That's something I thought I'd never see again. Lakers lead the series with the Grizzlies, three games to one. That's coming up tonight, 7.30. Bucks taking on the Heat, and the Heat lead that series three games to one at 9.30 tonight. And then the Warriors and the Kings all tied up at two games apiece. That's going to be your late game tonight at 10 o'clock. And... Just to keep it consistent, we got two games on the ice tonight. The Panthers and Bruins at 7 o'clock. Boston leads that series 3-1. to one. And the Kraken and the Colorado Avalanche tied up at two games apiece. That's coming up tonight at 9.30. Last night's action on the ice. Islanders beat the Hurricanes 3-2. to two. Hey, I do know there are Carolina fans in the area. So uh, I know some Carolina fans personally who are not happy with that one. Carolina still leads the series 3 to 2. Stars lead the Wild yesterday on the ice 4 to nothing and Dallas leads that series 3 games to 2. And in a fun game if you like offense, this was fun for a while. Edmonton and the Kings high scoring early on 6-3 is the final there. Edmonton leads that series 3 to 2. That's a rundown of what's happening on the ice and on the court as the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs continue. Don't forget, we've got the NFL draft. Speaking of the major sports, the draft is tomorrow. We've got the first round here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We've got the entirety of the draft 
on Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. We'll get your text in. Let's do that. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. More coming up on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our text line is open at 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Let's get you caught up on what's happening with the Thundering Herd across several of the other sports. Let's start with the Marshall softball team earning a 2-1 victory over 24th-ranked Virginia Tech yesterday. Junior Autumn Owens' two-run homer And the first inning served as the game winner for the team. This marks the program's first win over a top 25 team since 2008. Also, the first top 25 win at home in program history. Sydney Nestor secured her 23rd win in the circle for Marshall. Defense played a vital role in this one, controlled the game, including a double play that prevented Virginia Tech from tying the game. So now, what's next for the Thundering Herd? Marshall's going to play its final home conference series against Texas State. That'll start on Friday. Earlier today, the Marshall men's golf team finished in 13th place at the 2023 Sunbelt Championship in Mississippi. That's one spot higher than the previous day. Coach Matt Grobe and the release praised his team for their efforts and cited a bright future for the team. Freshman. Clayton Thomas led the Thundering Herds squad with a 4-over-76, finished tied for 42nd. Senior Tyler Jones, who had three top 10s this spring and is ranked 205th in the nation, played his last team event with Marshall. Grobe expressed hope that Jones would receive a regional bid on May 3rd. Despite the end of the season, Grobe looked forward to watching his young teams progress over the summer and competing in the fall. So uh, congratulations to Matt Grobe. We're going to try to uh, get him on here in the next few days, if possible, just to get a recap of his experience first time in Mississippi for the Sunbelt Championship. Tennis is happening tonight. Marshall goes into the Sunbelt Conference Tournament as the sixth seed. They're taking on the 11th-seeded ULM Warhawks. Not familiar with this, the tournament, and the match is going to be held in Peachtree City, Georgia, set for 6.30 tonight. Joanna Strom leading the way for the squad. The Warhawks have a 5-17 and overall record and a 3-8 and Sunbelt record, but they did finish strong. They have won two of their final three matches, so... Uh, That's an update on what's happening with the Thundering Herd. The big story today, Marshall picking up a addition to the basketball team. Nate Martin, a former junior forward for Texas State's men's basketball team, has signed to play with the Marshall Thundering Herd. He's a big boy. He's 6'8", 215 pounds from Texas, and he, um, he was a key contributor, I think, for Texas State. If you you need a refresher on him? Just remember, he was effective in the games against Marshall last season. I mean, which makes this even more interesting. 
you're picking up a player from a Sunbelt team. Not only you're picking up a player that's going to, I think, give you some athleticism, give you some size, and he's going to give you some, I think, some experience. At the same time, you're picking up a player from a now rival school, same league. So that's fun. I always enjoy things like that. But if you go back to his games against Marshall last season and the first meeting, it's like, who is this kid? He scored 16 points. He had seven boards in the game. And the second meeting, Marshall, I'll tell you what, in the second meeting, Marshall may be able to adapt to him a little bit better, but he scored 10 points and um, he played well on defense, if I remember correctly. So I had to go back a little bit on him today and try to you know, quickly scratch some notes together, trying to re- refresh myself a little bit about him. And come to find out that I remembered him when once I once I started digging, I remembered him. Like, okay, this kid was good. And I know one thing is is certain. He's gonna add a lot of value, I think, to the thundering herd. I liked his ability to go inside and out. Thought he was a good rebounder. Thought he was a good defender. And honestly, I honestly think that this is a good pickup for the Thundering Herd. And I want to see more of it. Absolutely want to see more of it. Now, you can't just jettison your entire team and go transfer portal happy. But at the same time, this is a situation where if there's a good player out there in the portal and you can get them, you have to if you can get them. So I'm happy to see Marshall doing more in the portal on the basketball squad. So pretty good pickup for the Thundering Herd. And of course, you know, we've been keeping an eye on the transfer portal. If you weren't with us earlier, the other thing that we talked about was on the football side, defensive back Jalen Beasley made his announcement on Twitter that he has put himself in the transfer portal. If you go back looking for what he did for the Thundering Herd last year, you're going to see just a complete blank line on the stat sheet for him. So Looking for a different opportunity. I mean, that's the one good thing about the transfer portal. If a player doesn't believe that playing for the school is in that player's best interest, there is an opportunity. And of course, the only thing I hate about the transfer portal is there are a lot of kids out there that will put themselves in the transfer portal and they're not going to find a new landing spot. That's the one thing that I'm not a 100% happy with. If we've got this tool, and that's fine, these these student-athletes should have every right to take advantage of this system. But you better be sure. You better be sure that you can make a successful leap into the portal and come out. Because I just don't think some of these kids understand that if you've got an opportunity and you're going to Marshall or you're going to any other school and you've got an opportunity to, to go to school, and stay on the team, maybe you should keep that opportunity and try to work your way up. Now, if you're the fifth or sixth quarterback on the depth chart and you think that you can play, you can either drop down division. That's fine. I don't think that's really a big deal. You want to play football, you want to play football, and you want to get a good education out of it as well. I don't think that's a problem if you've got a landing spot. That's that's the thing. I know Transfer Portal is going to be here for the foreseeable future and we got to figure out how to use it. Not only athletic departments, coaching staffs have got to figure out how to use it at the same time. Players need to understand that 
If you go in, you better be sure. Now, some players are going in based on, okay, I had a great year and I've got some currency here. I can spend that currency and get myself a better opportunity, NIL money, and that's going to be a thing for the foreseeable future as well, the NIL money. And really, I thought that it was a way for kids to make a profit, earn some money, right? Hey, I can hold down a job. I can make some money. I can make some money while I'm going to school and got to go through the the dual job of being an athlete and a student. And now I can, you know, I can maybe work a weekend job or a, a different type of job off season. You know, I can do something part-time. And this thing has exploded. I think that's a topic for another day. So we'll get, of course, all of your text in tomorrow. We've got baseball tonight. We've got baseball tomorrow. We do have a show. And we'll hope that the Pirates get back on the winning track. 610 is going to be our airtime tonight here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. By the way, if you if you follow me on Twitter, I saw this earlier and I had to retweet it. If you saw this on Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. But JMU put out a graphic, seven FBS wins in first year. Seven FBS wins in first transition year. Number one, James Madison with seven Number two, UTSA with four. Number three, FAU Troy, three. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's some fuzzy math there. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's some fuzzy math there. I remember a team in its first year at the FBS level under Bob Pruitt that went 10-3 and and won the MAC championship. I wonder if you remember that team. I made sure JMU knew that. I know. I usually try to stay away from posting any shade on Twitter. That I couldn't let go. Let's get this rivalry really going, shall we? And with that said, that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Swan. I appreciate all the follows there. And we podcast the show daily. It's at Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Good night. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.